Resonant Truth presents Natural Time, Mayan Astrology for a Modern Age. I'm Lisa Starr. I was raised in the faith of the Mayan sacred calendars. These ancient cycles have been resurrected for a modern audience and called Natural Time, in part because our year of uneven month lengths is, by comparison, really unnatural. I am not here to lead any kind of revolt against the Gregorian calendar, but I do want to bring the Mayan alternative to light, and I want you to know about Mayan astrology, where the passage of time and your birthday within it has deep mystical and magical significance according to indigenous spirituality. I am passionate, I am transparent, and I am emotionally available, if not volatile. And that's because I'm a blue overtone storm. You can find out what you are at ResonantTruth.com. Today on the Zolkin Count is called White Overtone Mirror, and it is the fifth day of the White Wizard Wave Spell. And it is the Galactic Moon, day 15. And with that, we enter the third week in the West of this 28-day moon. So I made a kind of pact to myself and to the early novice listeners who are just figuring this stuff out to be a little more explicit about the foundational things I'm referring to. So I always uh, consider two concepts here in the half hour we spend together. I'm talking about the wave spell that we're in, which is 13 days in length and is part of the Zolkin, which is a 260-day spiritual calendar of the Maya that imit- imitates gestation in the womb. It's like nine months long. And uh, then I talk about the moon, which is the Mayan month, and it's only 28 days long. Every Mayan month is 28 days long versus changing lengths from 28 to 30 and 31, like the Gregorian calendar. And so you can actually get a whole extra month out of the year if you shave off all the, uh, you know, like two and three days off the other 12 months. So if you made all the months, the 12 months, 28 days long, you would have a whole extra month. And that is what we do here. We have an extra month. Every month is 28 days long. We distinguish it from the Gregorian month, which still comes from the same etymology, uh, referring to the moon. We just call it a moon, a 28-day moon. And there are 13 moons in our year. And the Mayan year begins on July 26th. So when I say we're in the galactic moon, that is the same as saying we're in the eighth moon. We just don't use a bunch of like numbers as shorthand here. We use words that are expressive. And uh, we're in the eighth moon of 13. We're well into the year. We're basically past the halfway point and curving towards closure, although we're not nearly done yet. And when I talk about the third week in the West, which is something I do probably every moon and make a point of explaining this is like the high-pitched, accelerated part of the 28-day month because 
there's nothing static. There's nothing still in Mayan time. It's all moving the way nature is and the way our breath and heartbeat represent life force. Like time also moves. It doesn't stand still. There's no like flat lining of time. Uh, time is curving and it's reaching toward the sky and then it's crashing back to earth and that's why we use the analogy of a wave spell. So with all of that, um, I can never tell if you're like a, a medium listener, like you've listened for a while or studied the calendar for a while, if all that nuts and bolts helps you also or if you're like, Jesus Christ, I can't hear this anymore. I don't really know. I think that I get tired of saying it. <laughs> I'm not right now, but I do. And that's when I know now I've got it. I've got it. I don't even want to talk about it. But I like talking about it sometimes. And I really want new listeners to have a chance here. I've been referred by friends of friends, you know, to listen. Like, she knows all about the Mayan calendar. Oh, my God, I want to learn. And they drop into the podcast and they're like, well, it was really confusing. And I think, yeah, that's true. It is really confusing. It's a super visual learning experience. Like having a calendar, I think is absolutely necessary. And I used to make them. I believe so much in that. But then I don't really like doing anything where I have to like sell and be like, um, a merchant. I'm just not very good at it. So you can get them. You can get a calendar from thelawoftime.org, which is Jose Arguelles's legacy website and organization. He's deceased, but he's the founder of all this. And you can get the most infamous and ubiquitous calendar from Eden Sky at Sky Time. And I mean, it's the calendar. It is Def definitely like the preeminent calendar. She's been doing it for so long that I followed her calendar when I followed my first year 23 years ago, and it was black and white and super, super detailed. Like, she doesn't do that now. I feel so lucky that I had that exposure. Um, and then I wrote a book, you know, I wrote a book. It's called Natural Time, and it's supposed to be an introduction. It is one, but I think I'm kind of out in space and a brainiac, so I know that my idea of basic concepts can still feel a little overbearing. Uh, kids, um, there's been a lot to process in these first. We're like at, I don't know, day... I don't know what day we're at. <laughs> Where are we? We're in the early stages. We're on day 18 of the Zolkin, meaning 18 days ago, we started a new Zolkin on Red Magnetic Dragon. And I did determine when the Red Dragon wave spell ended that uh, I wasn't like completely lost in fluid anymore. Like I was floating in the womb for the 13 days that Red Dragon uh, was passing through, which represents birth and being within the the vessel of creation of the great mother or our mothers or we're mothers. Like it was really murky and not cerebral. And I uh, 
felt like I lost a lot of footing and was just floating. And then when we pivoted a couple days ago, five days ago to white wizard, the white wizard wave spell, white magnetic wizard, a lot of that cleared up. I thought I had like early dementia because my brain was just not working, but I was really just in utero. I was underwater. I was, you know, in one of those chambers that people choose to go in to represent like recreating the womb. That's just how life felt. And now I'm definitely sharper and grateful for that. But I wanted to, you know, reflect backward, like, well, it turns out that another aspect of the red dragon tribe and time is losing a lot of hyper intelligence and you know, ability to scrutinize and sharp memory. You're just in a much more liminal space. And White Wizard, I don't, some of it's not different. Like there is a fluidity between wave spells. So Red Dragon and White Wizard still keeps us kind of like out of the grounded everyday uh, rationality that defines, you know, proper human experience or used to. And so we're still in uh, an exotic space, but it's less dark. That's my impression. There's more illumination and ideas can form. You know, we're not infantile as I experienced the red dragon wave spell to be. Like, I'm an infant. <laughs> I don't have big thoughts. Um, I don't, I'm still lost, which I consider kind of a, a really easy part of white wizard to understand like just lost in time and space i am so vast as white wizard that i have my knowledge of deep ancient past and anticipation of a future and i just don't exist stuck in this time paradigm of right now and at the same time you can be really present when you're uh really vast what gets ruled out in white wizard is kind of the I need to go to the store and buy this thing, you know, like participating in regular society is ruled out because the shaman of an ancient world was the exception to the rule and the space you could retreat from the world to. And it was uh, the shaman themselves, man or woman was, or undefined gender, they were not expected to participate in everyday society and be an earner. They were supported by the community and their gifts, talents, supported the community in turn as um, a healing space, a healing practitioner. So in this white wizard time, some of us might be able to articulate or see enacted that we are healers and seers, we are shaman, we are wizards. Others might be drawn to receive that. And there's always both that can happen. On the first day of this wave spell, I had, I mean, I always plan things without, I don't own a calendar. I know a lot of the patterns by heart, but I can't get way out in the future and be like, oh, okay, February 15th, that day is blank that would be a great day to do this. Like I just kind of book things the way anyone would. And then the day arises and there can be a lot of synchronicity such as it was actually February 17th, 16th. I don't know. It was a couple days after 
um, Valentine's. It was White Magnetic Wizard, and I had, ahead of time, booked a four-hour hypnotherapy session. It's like a woman who was learning how to do it, and so it was free, and I was her guinea pig, and it was four hours long. (laughs) I completely felt like on White Magnetic Wizard, I had hit the jackpot. I was in like this old way of dealing with clients where it's not like in and out, let me cash my check. It was really evolved and slow paced, timeless, uh, not adhering to like time constraints and thoughts about that and pressures. And it was really healing and it was really seeing. <sighs> so that really flipped the script right into the way spell for me in a very on the nose way. And now I'm just kind of integrating, which is what the moon we're in does but I guess what I want to say about it is if you attract as your purpose that kind of an event or your own you know what happened that day or any magnetic day it's going to play out through the whole wave spell in some way so so yeah And then just, this is synchronicity. It doesn't have to be a big story, but I am also going to be a healer and a seer at a fair, you know, one of these ones that happens at a hotel (laughs) on the planetary day of this white wizard wave spell, which will be blue planetary night. And that was also booked ahead of time without planning, but you know, what do you want to say? On the first day of the shaman wave spell, I received this intense healing. And on the 10th day, the day of manifestation of the shaman wave spell, I'm going to put myself out there in that role. So that's all accidental and extraordinary. That's a good definition for synchronicity. Accidental and extraordinary events. Uh... I'm thinking about new listeners, and I don't really know if you can hang with this. I am just not very linear, and that's because I have been living with this for so long. It's kind of like, it's hard to box it in to um, sound blocks or bites, but I'm trying. Just know that I'm trying. I care about you. I'm thinking about you. Uh... So let me bounce over to what I was saying about integrating in this um, galactic moon. Uh, The galactic moon has been going on for two weeks or 15 days. So we're in the middle and we're entering the third week right now, which actually I'm wrong. I mean, I said it all wrong. I do this all the time. It's the 14th day of the galactic moon tomorrow, Tuesday when you might hear this, is the 15th day. It begins the third week in the West and the second half of the moon. But the third week, days 15 through 22, are the third weeks of every moon have like this moment where things get really fast and interesting and in flux and also overwhelming and maybe too exciting but memorable and it's, it's kind of like portal energy, what we talk 
uh, here in natural time about portal days. It's just sort of the portal within the moon. And I'm not trying to force it just because I, as a blue overtone storm, am from the West. And so I love the West and the blue Western week of the moon is the same as the third week in the West. But I just notice it. I just notice the way things get churned up and the transformation, which is what describes this week, the week of transformation, is undeniable. Transformation is like a visceral modification, a change that we can feel and see and sense. All our senses pick up on it, including our sixth sense. And so all our senses are awakened to something. And that's part of the force of it. Uh, it can be emotional. It can be like, I want to say transactional, meaning like this gets done, something gets done that you, know, you were avoiding or you couldn't figure out, but now it could happen. And it can feel chaotic. And that's because the blue western color and imagery is of the night sky descending with sunset you know the deep blue darkness that arises after the sun sets and then we can't see directly what's in front of us anymore we're feeling our way through things and we're seeing the vastness of the starscape and the life on earth is giving way to something much more etheric that we're looking at in this celestial um, horizon and so that's what the third week in the west is like it's dreamy and it's darker so it could be our unconscious that we're entering which is a shadowy place and all of that is good and it starts tomorrow i misspoke because it's a president's day kids it's a three three-day weekend so i'm all disheveled i don't know what day is up i like the the sunday feel of this monday i don't know why i'm calling everyone kids i just probably wish yeah <laughs> so integrating the integration that we're doing um of the of the galactic moon is what's also going to accelerate in this third week you know what do i mean by integrating what I've said a number of times recently, and I'll say it very briefly now, is that whenever we're in the 8th of 13, and it is always called galactic, whether it's a galactic day, a galactic moon or month, or a galactic year, it is the 8th in a cycle of 13, and that 8th moment is about integrating everything that's come before it, the seven previous stages. And that's because if you think of it like a wave or you think of it like an airplane lifting off, let's do that uh, first, because probably more of us have ridden an airplane than have surfed a wave. So you're taxiing on the runway. That's sort of the beginning of the wave. And then you start rolling and you feel, I mean, I'm trying to remember what I feel. <laughs> I think it was before COVID. No, I did fly since. Um, but, you know, there's a moment when the engines start engaging and it, it's before the pilot has like started moving. So you feel this icky tension, like you're basically pulling the elastic back on this plane plane's power. But you're sitting inside the plane and you feel that tension 
it feels murky and clunky and it's uncomfortable. And then the plane starts moving fast and it doesn't feel stable to go hurtling down the runway necessarily. But when you feel that yourself lifting in the plane into the air, that's kind of when everything is like, okay, we did that. We did that. We're aloft. Let's go. And things slow down and smooth. They slow down in our hearts. I mean, the exhilaration or the anxiety slows down and we take flight, I think, with more grace. And that is how I perceive the first five stages of any wave spell. All that stuff on the ground that is sort of doesn't have a natural flow of a kind. There's resistance and there's chaos. I think of it like the undersea current that creates, you know, bumps of water, of of force, of, you know, whether it's wind or seismic or whatever causes water to be disturbed in a sub-oceanic way under the surface of the ocean, whatever pushes those waves to the surface and beyond it, that's kind of like the whole taxiing thing that happens on your way towards liftoff. And liftoff to me is the fifth stage. And when uh, we're in the overtone moment, which I'm speaking from today is an overtone day. And then in the rhythmic, it's kind of like when you can imagine the pilot is like, okay, we, we got we got past liftoff. Let me start toggling all my dials for, you know, ascending, climbing altitude, but with a different part of the motor. And then the resonant part is when the seatbelt sign goes off and suddenly everyone's like, hey, uh, we don't have to work so hard to get this giant piece of metal in the air. And and then the galactic moment that we're in is <laughs> I just I, this metaphor is gonna um, fail because planes don't then like crash back to earth like that's the part where planes just go up and then they come gliding down but a wave doesn't glide down the wave crashes it turns over on itself so I guess the galactic tone to me represents something like um, when you can return to kind of your personal experience within the plane as a passenger, when you the engine light is whatever that is, the seatbelt light goes off and you're freed to not focus on the communal effort, but to kind of put yourself and your plans and your f- flight um, anxieties as well as your you know, destination, anticipation, like all of that gets put together in your little space in the plane. I really apologize for like dragging us through this modernism. It's the first time I've ever offered this analogy, but I like it (laughs) because I think it is actually super familiar. And I would not like offer a seminar or a workshop on how the galactic tone has anything to do with an actual flight in a in an airplane but I just think for the listenership it's important for you to get into like feeling states I'm trying to create a feeling state a lot has happened is my point 
And we even stepped through grace in the resonant moon and made ourselves channels to something that lives out in space and lives deep in the earth. And it's coming in both directions and filling us up. You know, we did all that for 28 days and then we landed in this galactic tone, this galactic moon. And it's something beyond that. We're like full of energy that comes from a divine source, but we have to harmonize that with what was already in us, what we were grappling with. We can't just be a hollow channel. We have uh, actual organs. You know, you get a moment to be a channel who's not particularly concerned with your physical being, with your physiology that's resonant. It's very aerated. And then we're back to, okay, but what is going on? Like, is there harmony in, in my multifaceted being? Because we're physical and spiritual and sensual and emotional. You know, we're fiery and illuminated. We're like a spark of the sun and a seed inside of all of us. That's the, you know, original spark of life and then a body formed around it. And you know, we are multidimensional. <laughs> so the galactic moment is about getting all the multidimensionality kind of into harmony, into cohesion. Because what comes next, always the next tone, the next stage or phase is solar. And we're on fire. And not only are we on fire in terms of our energy field being like really voracious and, you know, eating up um, anything that's ready to burn, you know, getting fuel as we continue to soar and climb in the sky. But the sun, where we're aiming for, you know, ascension and enlightenment is fire. And so in the solar tone, we're speaking to the sun kind of in the language of enlightenment that we've attained. Now, I 100% think if you're a new listener, you would be like, what the hell is she talking about? And I guess it's just true that I tend to take all these theories and beautiful expressive ideas that exist in Jose Arguelles's like bequeathed legacy that he left us before he died and during his lifetime he explored it and expanded it greatly. I just really like it to feel like psycho-spirituality. I like to talk about um, you know, the human consciousness as being formed of many parts and that we get fragmented if we can't hold them together or rebond them after they're broken apart by trauma. So I am really an astrologer, but I'm also devoted to how astrology can help us feel better in the midst of like the human dilemma of our own self-destructive ways. When we destroy ourselves, we always take hostages. You know, there's always collateral damage. So some of us, you know, can point to our upbringing and, and see that we were collateral damage. And then if we're really wise, we can point to the way we inflicted collateral damage on others. So it makes sense that a lot of people feel um, not whole. And this time that we're in is about holism. 
And so I'll break it up with like another story because I've been really uh, transparent here that for two years I renovated a house. It's pretty much done. Uh, and I was like eating donuts and candy. <laughs> Not like exclusively, but I was eating like a child and I was also eating like an unhealthy contractor you know there are people that walk around with like 20 ounce coffees to job sites to see what's going on and so I was acting like all of these levels of self-annihilation and I had to there was no way to do the physically demanding work and overcoming a sensible resistance to that demand without a stimulant and that was my stimulant coffee sugar carbs so that's over. It's 100% over. I have super clean eating right now. And I am just like a mess. <laughs> it's like the ultimate holistic hangover where you get really clean in how you imbibe and discover how much you ignored your body and it's truly like basic functioning needs so like the caffeine for months and months has been counterbalancing my exhaustion mental emotional physical exhaustion so I don't have caffeine anymore and I just have to observe how torn up I am from overextending myself and uh, the good news is that this astrology is powerful like awakening to it is powerful and I am lucky because I am all in so I really feel this galactic moon it's been a slog from day one just like deadened physical um, like energy and ambition just like I can't do anything I can't do there's still more to do on this house and then there's just like everyday living and I have four dogs and I just can't keep up I can't do it but I know on the other hand for the lack of that kind of accomplishment I'm like cleansing all my organs and refilling my body with nutrition and um, water you know I was dehydrated for a couple of years etc so I just try to hold the faith and um, trust the process and I would expect that this coming week that I have ballyhooed is going to be really decisive and defining for me around restoration of my wellness and my resilience. So that's the kind of thing I'm thinking about. Um, in the few days before I hit this, before I hit it again here at the mic, hot mic, uh, I, if I were you, I would just be looking to see how you're healing you know how did you enter the vortex of a shaman's sanctuary which the hieroglyph for this tribe the white wizard tribe depicts how are you in there like how wholeheartedly or how accidentally did you get to the place you know i love white lotus we all do so that's a nice one you, know, you just got to think about like especially the first one first season in hawaii the way Jennifer Coolidge's character Tanya was, you know, going and <laughs> getting these healings from the 
lady who worked there. And like, to me, that's fine. That is really representational of our modern experiences, um, articulating the white wizard energy. So you can do it. Just be new agey for now. Sure, you might be in Western medicine offices by accident, but like the real fun and the zany joy that counterbalances all the intensity of what we learn and awaken to when we follow these calendars because it's not a cakewalk. It's just nice to be allowed to be like archetypal and I just think of it as sort of silly. That's how I feel about doing a psychic fair. I'm just saying that straight up. I do not like those environments. I am an introvert, and I'm pretty serious about believing in magic, but not like I'm going to have an outfit, you know, that suggests that, a caftan-y thing with extra scarves. Like, I'm just really not in the accoutrements. I'm in the essence, and I love to share that, but I just know that being at psychic fairs is like being in the caricature of of that um, space I occupy. But I'm going to like keep everyone tuned and maybe I'm going to learn. I'm going to eat some humble pie and be all, no, I met amazing people and I was surrounded by really pure healers. And we should be surrounded by pure healers at this time. Everybody aspiring to heal should be in the purity of healing right now because that's what this wave spell is about. It's just inevitable. That's how I feel about wave spells. It's inevitable that we're going to be actual shamans in this time somehow. And that we're going to be actually transported to the shaman's tent to receive also. Even if we don't make an appointment or have an accidental appointment. An extraordinary accident. Uh, it'll feel that way somehow to you, I think. I know lots of people who are, inc- who are incarcerated. <laughs> I'm like, they can't get to the shaman's tent, but, you know, one of them magically got their prescription filled for anti-heroin drugs. So that's shamanic. It's a healer. That's the medicine that was needed. So, hey. Uh, I'll be back pretty soon. Thanks for waiting. I'm trying a lot harder lately to be responsible here and not keep everybody waiting. All of the people that I noticed listened. I got stage fright and performance um, exhilaration, not anxiety. Like, well, if there's going to be that many people listening, then I'm going <laughs> to try to be more professional about it. I'm Lisa Starr. I'm another yourself. And Mayan we say in La Cache.